News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Making Your Home Great. I'm Dave Alexander. Tim Ferruzzi with me. Our telephone number is 919-860-9783. 919-860-9783. Quick AccuWeather forecast. We jump into it. A shower or a thunderstorm, a possibility this afternoon at a high near 85. Uh, cloudy and rainy tomorrow with a shower and thunderstorm and a high near 59. And then for, wait a minute, that's the high? That is the high tomorrow, 59. Then Monday, cloudy and rainy and 64. Right now, 84 degrees. Real Feel 81, News Radio 680, WPTF. Tim Ferruzzi joining us. How you doing, Tim? Good. Good. So what's on the uh, menu today? I know what I have uh, here. Got the, the uh, CEO of the Timu Group and a new development in uh, Clayton coming up. And in, then in the second hour, Lewis Sadler going to talk about uh, tiles. What do you well, have in your be, menu I today? I won't be on the second hour. Today, okay. But, uh, I thought we would talk about roofing. We mentioned that last week, so I thought we would talk a little bit about that. We'll do it. We'll do it. Tell me about roofing. What should I know? I was actually looking at my roof for the first time in probably a dozen years. Yep. What should I have been looking for? Well, you know, the roofing business is a fairly unregulated trade. Okay. And it's, it's regulated at certain dollar amounts. Um, obviously, when you get into the heavy you know, the commercial arena, uh, it gets very regulated just because of the liability of many people being in buildings. Um, but in general, residential roofing is not regulated very well or much at all. And to point out the difference, Tim, I probably would have to get more training to cut your hair than to replace your roof. I'm not saying about quality. I'm saying to get the license and permission to do it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So what you have is you just have lots of different people that know how to pound nails and strip off a roof, but do they really know the science behind doing the roof correctly? Right. And uh, that's kind of what I wanted to discuss is, you know, roofing is a lot, you know, people will, will look at, you know, they'll call this guy, they'll call this guy, they'll call this guy, and then they'll end up going with maybe the cheaper route, Yeah, not really comparing apples to apples. And then I think it's important to discuss, you know, the technique of doing a good roof, the systems that are in place and the qualifications that you get from the manufacturers that make a difference so that when you're buying the roof, you're not paying a lot more for the roof than you think because you, you went with a lower price and next thing you know, five years later, ten years later, you're having to put a new roof on yeah. or do major repairs because you went with a low-priced guy thinking you got the best deal and in reality, you went with the high-priced guy. Because Any way for me to figure out whether it's, uh, you know, whether the person's particularly skilled? Well, what you want to look at is, is the certifications with the companies that the, that the suppliers of the material. So, say you're using a certain teed shingle, you want to see if the contractor is listed with certain teed right. as a as a preferred contractor, meaning that he's using or she's using their systems. So, you know, you see guys come out and they'll strip off your shingles and they'll put a cheap tar paper on there if they even do a tar paper at all. Yeah. And um, then they end up slicing it as they're installing the shingles. They'll use the cheapest shingle. They won't replace your pipe flashings. Right. And um, 
they'll just put sealant around it and they'll put the shingles on and, and they work off of your misinformation. And uh, it's important for people to be informed about how a roof should be done. So starting with the, the obviously meeting the contractor and, and finding out how they're doing it and who they are and get some references and, um, you know, are they certified with manufacturers? Are there certain manufacturers that they use and are they listed in their system as this is the way they do it? And are they giving you the warranties that you need? Tim, I've always been curious how you could become, you know, how a major company could actually look at fellas. Even, you know, we should we should mention uh, that uh, Tim is um, uh, with Highland Residential Roofing or owns it and Handy Helpers Remodeling. But the whole idea, Tim, that... Um, that a major company would know about you and know the quality of work or work that you do. How do they know that? Uh, me and me personally, our company, or just in general? In general, yeah. In general, well, um, do some searches. Uh, BBB, the Better Business Bureau, yeah. I think is, is, a, is a good direction to look to see what the rating is. If they've been in business long enough, they should, um, you know, obviously for dealing with hundreds of customers, yeah, that'll show you something right there. But if I um, wanted to be certified by Certainteed or whatever, okay, you go to Certainteed.com. Uh-huh. Yeah, go to Certainteed.com's uh, and look up the contractor and see if they're listed with their system. See if they see if they can really give you a fifty-year warranty. Yeah, not fifteen, fifty. See if they're you know are they using the systems? You know, so many people look at the proposals and they're like, and we they just look at the price, but they don't really look at the details of what's being done on the roof. Yeah, they think they think it's they've kind of commoditized roofing in a lot of ways. But when it comes down to roofing, a lot of people are hesitant. They're, you know, it's a trust factor because that is a major component on your house. I mean, if you've got a bad roof, you've got a bad house. Um, you're open to lots of structural damage and lots of bioaerosols, as we've talked about before. So. Um, it's a trust issue. Do you trust the person? And, and a lot of people will try to do some kind of check to see, does this person know what they're talking about? Are they listed with the BBB? Yeah. Um, you know, what's, do they, can we check with other customers to see how they've done? Do they know what they're talking about? And uh, so that's important. And making sure that, you, that the contractor has a, subcon- has a, has a supervisor on site. You know, so often these guys will go out and sell the job and um, uh, do the job, but yeah. there's no one. There's no one from the company, you know, as a supervisor on site. They just send the crew out, and then there's a supervisor on the crew, but he's working a working supervisor. Yeah, you, know, you got guys on one side of the house and guys on the other side of the house, and he's working installing shingles himself, so he can't necessarily keep track of it. So having an actual supervisor that's on the ground walking around the house, watching at all times is important, and that lacks a lot. Tim, are there people selling the job and then they sell it again to somebody else? What do you mean? Yeah, I mean like subcontracting their own their own job. Uh, um, well, I mean, it's not unusual to use subcontractors in the industry uh-huh. um, just because a lot of roofers, don't want to be tied down to paying somebody hourly and not having production out of them. So there is a, a lot of subcontracting going on in the business, but these are guys that um, 
we'll work for maybe one or two contractors. Yeah. If they keep busy, and there'll be a crew of seven or eight or nine guys or four guys, whatever it is. Right. Uh, so that's pretty standard in North Carolina as a common thing. Most, most roofing contractors don't have 15 guys on staff that they put on roofs because it's just the nature of the business. It just doesn't work that way. Right, right. Uh, Highland Roofing, you do a lot of roofs. Oh, yeah. Do you do, you, do, you do a lot of complex roofs? We do. Because that's really the other thing that comes up when you've got funny-shaped houses. And honestly, we, we, I've seen them. It's sort of, you know, complex things with lots of flashing. And, you know, you, you want to have some skilled people there. Exactly. Uh, that's where your failures are going to be is your penetrations and your details, your walls and your valleys and, and all that. So uh, I guess maybe after the next commercial, we'll go into detail about how to do what, how a good roof or how a 50-year roof looks. How, how, what is the, the step-by-step process to get a 50-year warranty yeah. on your roof? I want that. All right. Good idea, Tim. Also coming up on the show, the CEO of the Timu Group about a development in Clayton that's very interesting. Joe Smith on the show. Also in Hour 2, Lewis Sadler. And we're going to be talking about tile and bathroom issues. That's coming up on Making Your Home Great. And your phone calls, 919 919- 860-9783 News Radio 680 WPTF Making your home great weather forecast News Radio 680 WPTF includes uh, some good sunshine really honestly it's a nice day with a high temperature in the 80s uh, let's see what else I tried to memorize it before I hit the button that closed it out oh here it is sunshiny clouds with the possibility of a thunderstorm and a high near 85 overnight low near 55 And then it doesn't warm up much on Sunday with a shower and a thunderstorm around and a high only up to 59. 84 now, real feel 81. This is making your home great. Dave Alexander and Tim Ferruzzi. Tim, of course, of Handy Helpers and Highland Residential Roofing. We were talking about this 50-year warranty. I want it. Not that I'm going to be in my house for 50 years. But I want to sell it with that kind of idea. So, Tim, what can I do to get a 50-year warranty? Well, first of all, the uh, contractor needs to be certified with the company okay. as, uh, as, a, as a certified person and, and, or company. And what that requires is that their people, uh, supervisors, job sites, supervisors, salesmen, um, and business owner. Right. Have passed tests that are required. So basically, you're getting credentialed through testing processes as master applicators, as single technology uh, masters. And so, once you hit that mark with this number of staff being certified and have to be on the job sites, then you're allowed to have a 50 year warranty applied on the roof. So that's, I think that's the question that I was asking before, and now you've answered it, that they've taken a look at Highland Residential Roofing and Tim Ferruzzi and his people, and they're saying, okay, we're going to, we, we, we certify the work they do. Exactly. Does that make sense? Okay. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So, and, and so to do a 50-year uh, project, the project itself, 
the way that looks is you would typically strip the roof right. uh, completely off. You're allowed to do two layers in North Carolina, um, and the manufacturers allow it as long as you do certain things. But most people prefer the roof be stripped off. So you strip off the roof, you haul it to the landfill, right? and uh, a lot of that material is recycled. Um, they're using it to build roads out of. And um, you install a leak barrier, which is a product that's about three foot tall on a roll. It looks a lot like the old barn. You know, you look drive by and see these barns with the green the green product on the side or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a heavy asphalt like that. Of course, it doesn't have the granules on it. Right. Because it's going to be other under the shingles. But that would be the first thing you would apply on the whole perimeter of the house uh, three feet up. Right. As well as in all the valleys. And the valley is where two planes come together. And, of course, you, know, you have a lot of water running down the valleys. So the valleys and the perimeter are um, have this installed. And then also the penetration, such as around the chimneys, the skylights, the pipe flashings, that kind of thing. So all of those have the leak barrier installed as well. Right. And that's the first part of the process after the roof is stripped off. Then you're going to install your synthetic underlayment. Yeah. Of course, drip edge is another item that's, that's installed around your perimeter. It's a piece of metal that helps support the edge of the shingle that gets it further out. Um on the fascia board so your shingles actually have a little bit more uh, protrusion beyond the fascia board so water doesn't run around on your fascia board so yeah. that's installed simultaneously in this process so then synthetic underlayment is a woven um, material basically a plastic it's like a tarp on steroids if you could take a tarp and make it uh, 20 times stronger where you can't rip it yeah. It's very similar to that, and that's installed on the entire roof. So you're not using tar paper. You're using a synthetic underlayment that is a waterproofer as well, Yeah, as well as a um, radiant break. Did you just describe two layers? I mean, we've got a something exactly. that, right, there's a yep. something that I could call a high-value tar paper that, that you just described, and then something else on top of that. Yeah, I mean, and, and tar, high-value tar paper would not even be the right term. It's almost yeah. like a shingle. Yeah. It's almost like the same shingle material that you install on your roof. Is that heavy? It's in, it's a, it's in a roll form. Yeah, So okay. that's installed on the whole perimeter, on all the rakes, and all the valleys, and all the penetrations mm -hmm. uh, on, on the raw wood. And um, then you install synthetic underlayment uh, on the entire roof, even over. You don't have to put it over. The leak barrier that we just talked about on the perimeters, right? We do, so yeah. we just go right over it. Some people will just start from their overhang, uh, you know, three do a three inch overlap wherever that product ended and start from there. We actually install our synthetic on the entire roof as if that leak barrier has not been installed. Yeah, and um, so that's your that's your next layer, and then in our valleys prior to that synthetic. We'll do a strip of metal, aluminum, um, that you're not going to see. That's about anywhere from 12 inches to 24 inches wide. And that'll run down the entire valley on top of that leak barrier. And then our synthetic underlayment that we just described that goes on the entire roof. Yeah. We actually run through our valleys in the other direction on the other plane. So we don't just take the synthetic and stop in the valley on top of that 
metal that's going to be unexposed on top of that leak barrier that's going to be unexposed. We run through the valley, over the valley, onto the next plane at least two or three feet, and we do that crisscrossing. So after that, then you install your singles. And we hand nail our singles. We don't use guns. Right. Why is that? Well, it's a better quality job. Okay. It takes longer. So if you look at a roof that could be done in a day with a gun, it's going to take us a day and a half because we're hand nailing it. And it's just a better system as far as quality. Is it Um, still the wide head nails that uh, Dad did his uh, garage roof with uh, 50 years ago? Yeah, and the gun, the gun nails are wide-headed, too. Right. But I just have a problem with the process and the speed and the lack of care, even though other guys that install it uh, pneumatically like that will tell you, well, hey, like I got the best guy handling the, the, the gun up on the roof, and he knows what he's doing, and he takes his time. And there's, you know, obviously, there's usually two or three guys doing it yeah. um, at different locations on the roof. And uh, I don't buy it. We tried it back in the early 90s. We were we went down to Hurricane Andrew um, in Florida, South Florida. I worked for about, I had my company down there for five or six months. It was basically an expansion. And I had a crew that we had to hire to help us. And they were out of Indiana, and they were all about the guns. Yeah. And um, we did three or four jobs with them, and I just was not satisfied. And to this day, I'm still not satisfied with with the gunning process because it's all about speed. And the problem is, is when you use an automatic gun, you're, you avoid warranties if you're not careful. Um, the nail, if it's set too low, meaning it goes through the shingle too much, yeah, then then it's not going to have the holding power, the pull strength when you're dealing with wind. So the nail, the the shingle will pull up much easier. Yeah, uh, and then if you don't have, if you're doing it too fast, and the compressor is not exactly where it should be, then the nail's not driven in enough. And then, you know, a lot of times these guys aren't even carrying a hammer when they're on the roof. So they're not going to knock it down that extra, you know, 16th of an inch or whatever needs to be done to get it at the proper level. Right. And, of course, you never want your nails put in on angles. So there's about five incorrect ways to have a nail in a shingle. When you're hand nailing it, yeah, that nail is between your fingers and you're hitting it with a hammer, you know, it's going to be straight most of the time. I mean, you're going to be, you're going to do extra care because you're dealing with fingers. So, you know, it's just a better job. Yeah. And that's the way they used to do it. And we believe in guns on framing, you know, and plywood. We'll use guns. But when it comes to actually installing the shingles, we're just, we're, we're old school. We, we hand nail, period. All right. That's Tim Feruzzi of Highland Residential Roofing and Handy Helpers Remodeling. Got to get in touch with uh, Tim off-air, uh, 919-676-5969 is the number. And uh, you can go to handyhelpers.com and highlandroofingnc.com. Coming up, industry news and the CEO of a new project in Clayton. Interesting story on a different take on housing. Coming up on Making Your Home Great, WPTF. From the Making Your Home Great news deck, 
I'm Dave Alexander. Enjoying the sunshine. 919-860-9783 is our telephone number if you want to call us. Here's the news. Remodeling activity kicked off 2017 on a high note, according to the National Association of Home Builders. Happy days are here again. Boomers are remodeling for ease of accessibility. We're going to cover that in our second hour. House prices are up and home sales are increasing nationally. Krista Scott has more. Existing home sales rose 4.4% in March to a seasonally adjusted annual rate of $5.71 million, according to the National Association of Realtors. This is the fastest pace in more than a decade. Single-family homes, townhomes, condominiums, and co-ops were 5.9%. The median existing home sales price in March was $236,400, up 6.8% from a year ago. Inventory is declining, according to the survey, and it has been on the deadline for 22 months. For Making Your Home Great, I'm Krista Scott. And the walk at East Village, a pocket neighborhood designed after a Seattle neighborhood and a Seattle concept, uh, is having an open house today. Uh, we would ordinarily have been speaking with Joe Smith, the chief executive officer. However, we have not heard from him, so that's all right. We're just going to continue with making your home great. Tim Ferruzzi talking roofs. How you doing, Tim? Good. Good. We, okay. um, um, I, I grew up calling them roofs, by the way. Yeah. And I didn't give them much thought. Yeah. Uh, well, most what? people don't. Most people don't until they need one. Yeah, until they go bad. Until they start leaking in certain locations. And usually when you see a leak, yeah, uh, there's usually three or four more that you don't see. That's yeah. a, a very good rule of thumb that I've learned over the last 30 years in my experiences. And the geography of where the leak is, does it necessarily mean that that's, or let's put it this way, the geography of where the water is, does that necessarily mean where the leak is? Nope. Um, it could be coming from 20, 30, 40, 50 feet away, depending on the design of your roof. Yeah. It could be coming right from that location. Um, so, yeah, it's hard to determine on where it's coming in. Sometimes it's obvious, um, especially if there's a design flaw. You'll see a lot of situations where a roof has got some real um, odd scenarios. You never want water um, shingles carrying water that run down into a wall or where a valley yeah. hits the wall and doesn't, you know, pass by the wall. Or sometimes you'll see a chimney that's in the middle of a valley or part of the chimney is, is close to the valley and, and protrudes out into it. So you never want to stop the flow of water on a roof. So if you have any scenarios where it looks like water is being stopped or hitting a wall or maybe a long diverter, a very large chimney um, yeah. where roofs transition from a low pitch to a high pitch where there might be dormers. All those are, are very big hot spots for failures. Tim, I've seen Tim, I've seen a bunch of houses where they decided that they needed one more room or they've doubled the size of their house by adding another addition. And it just looks like that roof line is and the connection between one house, really the the additional room and the other one. Is that a, a trouble spot? It can be. Um, you'll see a lot of times where people add a back porch or a front porch, and they'll have like a lean-to roof yeah. that has a much lower pitch, and it's tying into a regular pitch. 
Uh, lower pitch is anything mm-hmm. from uh, two, two, three twelve down, basically uh, three three twelve up, meaning three foot high for a twelve foot run. You're allowed to use shingles. The manufacturers bless it, yeah, and uh, the code blesses it. Um, once you go below a three twelve, uh, meaning a two and three quarter foot for every twelve foot run rise versus run. Uh, and less, you start dealing with problems. So often I'll see these pitches, these porches that are added with very low pitches and they don't have the right product on. People installed shingles right. instead of a EPDM or rubber roofing, as it is really called, or a standing seam metal roof, not a metal roof that has exposed fasteners or um, something of the sort. You want to make sure that you're not using shingles on pitches that low. You want to make sure you're not using an exposed metal roof nailing system where you've got this old barn-looking type material that has fasteners through the face of it. Yeah. You don't want that on pitches less than 312. Um, you want standing seam roofs. You want rubber roofs. You want modified bitumen, which looks very similar to that old stuff, that leak barrier stuff we talked about on your whole roof system or what you see on the sides of the barns. Yeah. Uh, that type of roof. Or a TPO or PVC type of flat roof material, or, um, you know, you can even step it up and do a copper roof, which would still be a standing seam roof. It's just a different material. So that's what you want to use on low pitches, and I run across that so often where they had the guy build the porch and he just threw shingles on there. And um, they wonder why they're having leaking and condensation issues and uh, why the plywood's turning dark, and, and that's... Why? Because they installed the wrong product on the roof. And if it's not, um, you've got these numbers that indicate the pitch of the roof. There's apparently no other way to communicate the pitch of a roof than the numbers you're talking about. Um, Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, that's really, uh, you know, most of us aren't mathematicians. Yeah. Um, So if you think about standing up where you're at, if you're standing, if you go up to your waistline, that's what, about three feet for a okay. lot of people, somewhere sure. in that ballpark? So imagine that being your rise. All right. And if you went out away straight ahead of you, that would be your run. So allowable, you know, allowable for shingles would be a three foot rise, which would be up to your waist, basically. Right. If you ran down on an angle out 12 feet to a 12 foot mark in front of you, ran down an angle. That's a three twelve pitch. That angle that was created, the hypotenuse, as we remembered in algebra. Yes. Um, so that is your angle. So if it goes below that pitch, meaning you come down, you know, towards your knees or lower, and you run out twelve feet to that point out twelve feet in front of you, that pitch is too low for shingles. And um, so if you're having failures, and maybe failures that you're not seeing. Are, are coming or already happening, uh, you really need to have a professional come out there and, and, and you know, quote you a correct system of and of course, to be installed. And, of course, they're putting in a gradual roof because if they put in a more, more um, a higher-pitched roof, yep. their additional, their, their room would then be really tiny. It wouldn't well, be able to no- put an addition. 
Well, the, the, one of the things why people do a lot of lean-tos is because it's cheaper yeah. and because they have constraints above that room, like maybe windows or dormers or something that don't allow them to go up but so high yeah. with their roof line. So, um, you know, if you're willing to do, if you want to do an A-roof, you've got to have enough headroom or enough open roof that you're tying into if you're doing a room addition to be able to bring that a up to a high enough peak to where you can get a proper slope on each side. And um, and that's a good roof, and it looks good, but most people end up doing lean style. They just have to be very careful on what type of roofing material they use on it. If you've got a question about your roof, call us, 919-860-9783. 919-860-9783. And uh, Tim Ferruzzi is Highland Residential Roofing and Handy Helpers. And his off-air line, if you want to contact him, actually go to handyhelpers.com and go to the contact tab or call 919-676-5969. Should I have somebody come out every decade or so and take a look at my roof, whether it's looking good or not? Uh, Decade, I would say that's a little little far. I would say every... Five years, if it's a newer roof, if it's yeah. been installed in the last uh, 10 years, I'd say every five years, so twice. Yeah. Um, and then um, after the 10-year period, I would have it checked out about every three years. And uh, one thing you want to do, and I want to go back to our uh, a roof system, our recommended roof system when you replace it and talk about some other versions you can do that are, that are uh, very good, but you may not get a 50-year warranty on. Okay. Um, so going back to, to, I just got lost there. Um, the um, let's let's talk about whole roofs because we never really finished that prod, that that discussion earlier. Sure. So on your on your pipe flashings, which are the plumbing pipes that come out of your roof, you want to make sure that you uh, replace those pipe boots that most people do, uh, where they have a rubber gasket, maybe a metal base or a plastic base. Those have to be replaced every eight to twelve years. So a lot of times people call us and they're like, well, gosh, I've got a roof leak and I don't know where it's coming from. And, and most of the time it's coming from that, that pipe flashing, that pipe that sticks out of your roof that's uh, part of your plumbing system. It's the ventilation so that your plumbing in your house works. And um, those things have to be replaced every 8 to 12 years. So you want to make sure that you put that in your list of, of regular maintenance. Right. The thing you want to do, and we, when we do a whole roof, we use lead flashings. And those are different because they actually go over, run up the pipe, and they tuck into the top of the pipe. So there is no gasket anymore. It is part of the pipe. That's another thing that you want to do to get a really good quality roof. Now, that doesn't mean you won't get – I mean, you don't have to do that to get a 50-year warranty from the manufacturer. Right. That's just something that we do, and some other good roofers do that as well. So how the pipes are addressed is, is, is important. All right, we'll talk more about roofs in the next segment. Uh, Making Your Home Great, Dave Alexander and Tim Ferruzzi. Tim of Highland Helpers, or sorry, Handy Helpers and Highland Residential Roofing. Telephone number to ask Tim a question about your roof or anywhere in your house, 919-860-9783, News Radio 680 WPTF. Ah, the money pit. Five o'clock today. 
News Radio 680 WPTF. Tom and Leslie taking your phone calls. And they had a North Carolina person on, or they will have North Carolina person with a very North Carolina kind of problem or question about their deck on this week's Money Pit. Tony in North Carolina is up with a decking question. What can we do for you? Great show. Appreciate your great advice. I just had a deck built, and the uh, my builder used a men wax wood finish okay. uh, stain. And, he, and his instruction is that I would need to restain it every year because it was oil-based. And uh, I just wanted to know, I don't have a whole lot of time like that, but one is, is there another, is there something on top of this product I could use where it won't fade and wash away with the weather? And if you want the answer to that question, that's coming up on the Money Pit. That's this afternoon, 5 o'clock, News Radio 680 WPTF. You're listening to Making Your Home Great. Dave Alexander and Tim Ferruzzi. Tim talking about uh, roofs high, uh, from Highland Residential Roofing. And our number is 919-860-9783. Hey, Tim. So, uh, uh, so people can reach us also yeah. uh, via a uh, website at uh, highlandroofingnc.com. Yes, sir. Just, you know. Highlandroofingnc.com and handyhelpers.com. And uh, you're all over the place. So sh- people shouldn't say, oh, he's never going to travel from one place to the other for a job. Go ahead and call Tim or contact him by the website. Um, so talk to me about other options for my roof. Yeah, so you know, if you're not looking for a 50-year warranty, uh, and we've installed this system as well, but we're trying to stay with the system for the 50-year warranty. We're kind of just trying to stay in that arena, but uh, just making sure that you've got a good contractor. He, you want to use a synthetic underlayment. If he doesn't do the leak barrier on the perimeter in the valleys, make sure they're doing a few extra things in the valleys. Maybe the synthetic there too initially. Right, uh, and then run synthetic on the whole roof, and uh, still do the drip edge, still do the lead pipe covers. That's my preference. Uh, obviously, the other lead pipes are lead pipes are fine, but they'll they'll have to be replaced eight to twelve years. Right, and then and then you know hand nail your roof. That, that would be my recommendation. Um, guns have had lots of failures, and uh, the nails, and um, so hand nailing the roof would be my preference, and then. Obviously, ventilation, and we've talked about that recently on some shows, uh, having a ridge vent in the peak and making sure you've got proper airflow in your attic from your soffits to your peak and um, check the chimney out. Does it need to be reflashed? Is the step flashing done, done properly? So when you're contracting your roof, just make sure you're you're um, talking to someone that knows what they're doing mm-hmm. and uh, check them out, get some references, uh see if they're with the BBB. There's some other sites out there that you can go to as well and just uh, just get the general feel of what they're doing yeah. and, and how they're doing it. And, you know, it's all about trust, and people want to make sure they're getting a good quality job that they can count on so when the storms come through, they don't have to worry about the interior of their house getting ruined. And people have to know that the temperature inside their attic actually matters? It does matter. You want to, you know, in the summertime, you you want to keep it cool. You don't yeah. need to run an air conditioner, but you know, in there, of course, you, but you want to make sure that there's airflow, that there's air circulation, that cool air is coming in, hot air is going out, and you got a continuous flow so that you don't uh, create situations for bioaerosols, such as 
uh, mold and, and, and obviously attracting insects and everything else that comes with that environment. So, and then obviously the cooler your attic is, the less uh, work your air conditioner has inside the house because yeah. your air conditioner is fighting that attic heat and, of course, the outside temperatures that come from the walls and things. And in the wintertime, you want to have your attic ventilated because you're dealing with excess moisture. And uh, if you don't have airflow in your attic during the wintertime, it's going to condensate because of dew point. Um, your attic becomes uh, an area of dew point because the exterior uh, of, that, of the, out, the outside is obviously very cold and the inside of your house is hot. So yeah. what happens between those two things? You get condensation. So, uh, and that condensation ends up in your home one way or another via, uh, via water vapor or, or actually... A liquid water through the drywall and ceilings. Yeah. Can the uh, can I actually bake the uh, the asphalt shingles? Do I damage them at all if I if I yeah, let it get too hot? Good, yep. Yep. Good point. Uh, that's another thing. Your manufacturing warranties. Um, you'll void your manufacturing warranties from your uh, shingles if you don't have proper ventilation in your attic. And, and on top of that, you can void lots of other warranties, such as your window warranties and your door warranties and your how well your insulation is going to work, which is usually not warranted, but how well your insulation is going to work because more moisture you have in your attic, then your insulation doesn't have the R value that it used to. So it affects a lot of warranties too. So having ventilation put on during the roof process, and as we've talked about on several of the recent shows, right. if anybody wants a good brochure on... Um, ventilation and why it's important, I'll be happy to mail it to you. I have thousands of them that I had sent to me from a, a major manufacturer of ventilation products. And uh, just email me your contact info, drop it in the mail, no obligation. I'll throw my business card in there, and that's it. I've already mailed out several. And um, it's very informative, easy to read, and I think every homeowner should have one in their hand and read it because it's very, very important. It will save you money. And you can reach us via email at our website, andyhelpers.com and highlandroofingnc.com, or call at 919-676-5969. And Tim doesn't have time to bug you on email, so he's not going to put you on, like, the bioaerosol email chain, right? Right. We do on on occasion, if someone wants us to, to let them know of, specials or discounts, we will on occasion send them an email, but if they don't want to be on that list, then we'll take them off. And that's something we probably send out two times a year, maybe an annual sale, and that's it. Uh, And again, if you don't want to be involved in that, you don't have to be, and we're all about that. So, All right, Tim, thank you very much. Yep. Fun week. Have a good weekend. All right, take Take care. care. News Radio 680 WPTF, this is making your home great. And Lewis Sadler's in the house. Lewis, could you put on headphones and just join us early? Sorry. sorry. Is that all right? Yes, yes sir. I, you know. didn't, I didn't want to barge in here. No, no, no. That's fine. And who did you bring to us? Well, we got a great show today. I'm excited. We've yeah. got Niall Wadford. He is the owner of News Tile Services, and they do all of our tile work. And one of the things that we're going to spend some time talking on today or one of the features that we do in our homes and things we've talked about on some previous shows, and that's curbless showers. And yeah. he's going to explain how that whole process is done. I got a shower that
that's in a bathtub, and it's 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 the definition of the opposite of curbless shower. I have the sliding doors with the metal rim. Okay, now I gotta hoist one leg over the thing, and that's that's hard enough. That I but I got another half inch that I gotta hoist the leg over because I got that little aluminum track, and I have banged myself a time or two. I think an open plan would be great. We're going to talk about bathrooms and showers and all these other things that make a make a home great. On this next uh, hour of making your home great, Lewis Sadler in the house and Niall Waffer. Niall, all right, very good. We're going to have a good show. We're going to talk about open uh, construction and uh, uh, aging in place and uh, all sorts of metaphors for the idea that you want to live in your house when you got toddlers. And when you are yourself a gray-haired fellow like me. Coming up on Making Your Home Great, News Radio 680 WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF 919-860-9783 is the number to call. Making Your Home Great. You want to talk to Lewis Sadler about ageless construction or about uh, these the design of a home that makes it easier for you to live in it throughout your entire life. Um, this is the show for you right now, 919-860-9783. And with us is Niall Watford, whose last name I totally destroyed, but now owning his business card. I can get it right of Noose Tile Service Incorporated. Welcome, gentlemen. Thanks for having us. Glad to be here. Good to be here. So we're building homes with, um, with, a, with a certain metaphor, a certain idea in mind. Correct. And, and those are, they, they, change and, they change and bounce around all the time as it relates to, um, you know, what organization that you're listening to yeah. or what what paper you're reading uh the one the terminology i think we've said this before that yeah. uh, is the the common one that people have heard of which is the one that we try to stay away from is the aging in place but as we said that's just so uh, it's not a complimentary thing to think about yourself just aging in a place you know you want to be <laughs> active in a place yeah. you want to live forever in a place so uh there's a lot of different terms now universal design ageless design lifestyle designs, yeah. those type of things, which are, you know, it really reflect what people's lives are about. People are active and want to stay active, yeah. but, you know, you're preparing that home for just if. I'm not particularly active, but I want my home to reflect the idea <laughs> that I don't like climbing upstairs. Neither, I, first of all, I don't understand why there is this idea. I've got to step upwards for steps to get into my house. Right. Why? Well, I, I mean, that seems to, in my neighborhood, that's it. Yeah. Well, you'd be surprised. Some people from an architectural standpoint just like it. They do. They okay. do. Uh, they prefer the grandiose of the big stairs coming up to the front door and, yeah. and the feel of it. Yeah. Uh, you'd be surprised at how many builders I've bumped into that think that it's code, that you have to have a step going into a house. It is not. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Well, but I mean, if you build her thinks he's supposed to do it that way, then obviously he's going to do it that way. He just doesn't understand the code. And honestly, I was confused about the entire concept till I stared at one photograph 
on your website, on the Lewis uh, or on uh, Sadler Construction website, and I noticed that the front yard is itself a ramp, and so is the driveway. Correct. And that over the entire course of the yard, you take up to the front door. Right. You just you're essentially you're doing that landscaping. Right. So it it, it is a ramp in itself. But right. it doesn't look like like it, and I think I'd mentioned to you, and I'm going to do a little, we we'll do a little promo here for this organization I'm a part yeah. of, Care, and Care is a council for the Raleigh Wake County Home Builders Association. Yeah, Care is a is a council that promotes and educates people on universal design. We do, and Nile and I myself did one. I think it was last week. On this very topic we're going to talk about today, right? Um, we've got another one coming up. It's going to be on elevators, lifts, things that you can put in your home if it is multi-floor yeah. to still make it function like a single level. And then we're going to have one a few months after that that is going to be landscaping, design, and tips about what you can do to your existing home yeah. to make it a stepless entry but not have a ramp put on the front of your house. Because as we've said before, there are two things you have to have to live in your house. One is what we're discussing right now. Yeah. You have to be able to get in it. Yeah. The second is you've got to have a usable working bathroom, which is where Amen. Nile and his company, what, what they do, come into play. Now, talk to me about the shape of this bathroom. What, I'm, I want to put it in. I, I got a tub right now. I got this simple blue-collar home with a tub and a couple of sliding doors. Totally the most ridiculous design ever created by people. Okay. I can't do anything in this other than get in. And if I fall, forget it. The EMTs are going to be taking the doors off to get me off. And I got to step over the tub to get in. What's my option? Well, typically you can take that same bathroom, the same footprint of the bathroom. Yeah. And make it uh, accessible from the standpoint of eliminating those barriers. Yeah. Um, and anything that would cause a trip, fall, slip hazard, or even an extraction uh, problem like you were talking about with the doors if somebody yeah. fell inside uh, you could do all that fairly easily by just uh, replacing the tub and making it a curbless shower uh, where the, the ability to get in and out is uh, much easier and uh, less cumbersome and when you say curbless you truly mean that there's not even a two inch thing on yeah, the edge typically in this area uh of construction of a curb in a shower the part that you step over to get into the shower yeah is built with two uh excuse me three two by fours laid flat yeah so yeah, uh right. typically you're going to end up with the tile and everything on it uh it's typically about six inches tall maybe seven yeah and uh that's an impediment to uh accessibility and uh it's just another trip hazard as well and it's not bad it's a good option compared to what I'm dealing with, which is stepping high into the thing. My shower's got the sliding door, so it's got the aluminum. I don't know what, uh, that, that would never work for safety reasons in a business to have every employee stepping over a two-inch or inch-and-a-half piece of aluminum. Plus right? it's fun to clean. Plus it's fun to clean. Oh, yeah, it's <laughs> fun to clean. Absolutely. It's, it holds so you, water. You've got, a, you've got a tub and a shower, correct? I have a tub in the... And then, uh, well, the shower fixture inside the tub area. I got you. So you got a single unit there. Single unit. All right. And I've told the story of how it's ridiculous to put glass doors there because when I open open one of them, right, 
I can reach to the back of the tub and then open the other and reach to the front of the tub. When I try to wash the dog, I'm sliding back and forth because the dog is running away from me, okay? I want this open thing, okay? I want if I get into a wheelchair or a walker or even just a cane situation, I want to be able to roll or hobble in and not have that impediment. I'm not alone, am I? No, and the shower door thing you're talking about, sometimes to me, I remember that, yeah. those systems. Yeah. That, that's a bathroom version of a Rubik's Cube. Yes. That's <laughs> what it is. <laughs> yes, it <laughs> Sometimes is. you keep flipping, you think, I got it, and all of a sudden you look go, no, I'm right back where I started from. Right, right. So, yeah. Uh, what I was talking about here, though, and to make sure that everybody, were, were, they understand what we're saying. Yeah. You could take your system yeah. and you could do it as Niles described it, by taking that tub and shower out and yes. turn it into a curbless shower instead of a tub. Now, you'll no longer have a tub. That's fine. Yeah, because most people don't use the tub part. They're in yeah, there. You're yeah. taking a shower. But in doing that, what you've done is you you have made it safer, yeah. but it's still from size standpoint. And Niles, of course, does the, his company does commercials. He does hospitals. Um, I think he just redid the, the uh, UNC's... Uh, sports facility or something some huge project but from an accessibility standpoint from a chair yeah that's still not going to quite be big enough so you have to find some place to borrow from somewhere else in the house All because right. you need a five foot turning radius for an actual chair okay all right well, that's fine that's fine you think about these things before you build the house before you move in I, that's what i'm thinking but you also do renovations to houses that that are in existence. Sure we do. I mean, there are folks like yourself. You live in your home. You find out that there's a better system, but you don't want to move. You've got your neighbors, your friends, your community. So we go in and try to modify that home for you if we can so that you can stay where you are. Our goal is though, is in the design and build of new construction to keep people from having to deal with what you're having to deal with now. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Lewis Sadler is here. Sadler Construction. Ageless construction is the topic. Also, your bathroom and your shower area nile watford of new style services how can we make this a beautiful bathroom some place that we just want to just want to stay in my friends and be proud of as opposed to what i have that's all coming up in this show 919-916-9783 staying in the bathroom today 919-860-9783 reading the newspaper and just loving it, loving what it looks like on today's Making Your Home Great. News Radio 680, WPTF. <laughs> News Radio 680, WPTF. There is a tornado warning issued for, roughly speaking, the upper, that is the northern part of the state, stretching even from Winston-Salem to, I don't know, Rocky Mountain beyond. Um, the tornado warning uh, issued by the National Weather Service um, until 3.30 for uh, uh, bunches of places, including uh, um, uh, there is a, uh, oh, I just saw a warning remains in effect until 3.30 for western Mecklenburg County. I'm not sure we're big in Mecklenburg County, but uh, that section's actually spotted a uh, uh, thunderstorm. Severe thunderstorm warnings for other parts of the area. Should this become... A warning for us. We'll let you know as soon as possible. But Durham County and even Greensboro and Alamance County are among the tornado warning uh, areas. 
News Radio 680 WPTF. Otherwise, the AccuWeather forecast, possibility of thunderstorms and rain showers, uh, accompanied by uh, possibility of some uh, other more interesting activity, including some thunderstorms. High near 85 today, overnight low near 55. We are still at 84, real feel 85. Wind kicks up. Uh, be aware and be ready to get inside. Making Your Home Great is the radio show. We have Lewis Sadler and also Niall Wadford. Uh, Niall, among other things, is the past president of the NTCA. That would be the National Tile Contractors, S- Association. Contractors Association. And the Technical Com Vice President. What's Com? Communications? Uh, no, it's the... Uh NCTA technical. I'm looking at your card. You got to be something. <laughs> it's the uh, technical committee. Committee of the, vice chairman of the National Tile Contractors. National Tile. So you guys are well known. Uh, Noose Tile Service Incorporated. Been doing it for quite a while. Uh, it's our 54th year in business in the Triangle. And Lewis, although he said he's not going to talk to us for the next couple of minutes, spoke highly of you. That is along the lines of. Your company is uh, on the cutting edge of tile. We like to think we are. Uh, we're involved in a lot of committees nationally. I am personally. Uh, some of our staff is. Uh, a lot of our staff's involved in a lot of associations locally, Chamber of Commerce, Home Builders Association in three counties. Um, but nationally, uh, on this technical committee, and I'm also vice chairman of the ANSI A108 Committee nationally for tile installation, and in that, we develop standards for installation. Um, uh, You're taking ba- it seriously. Absolutely. Uh, we're, we're the ones that are crunching all the numbers and argue about should and shall for an hour or two uh, on how it should be <laughs> placed in the standards. So uh, we're doing all the work that nobody ever sees. I'll say one thing. Yeah. I'm going to jump and say one thing. So for the listeners. You if say as many things as you want to. Thank, thank you, man. All right. So, so for our listeners, out of hearing what Niall just told you, yeah. if you ever needed tile work and you by chance hired a company other than News Tile, yeah. uh, this guy probably had something to do with the right the standards the way your tile guy is supposed to be putting it in. Okay. So, I Are there people who are putting things in not to standard? Just we got to get that on the. Absolutely, it happens there. many times daily, and uh, it, it's it's humorous sometimes, but it's also tragic because yeah. it leads to some structural problems down the road. Yeah, and you got to make sure that you're doing everything right because you're dealing with thousands of gallons of water, or if you got teenagers, tens of thousands of gallons <laughs> of water, ever you know potentially flowing around your tile work. On a daily basis. A friend of mine so, who's a consultant in the western part of the United States uh, yeah. says there's more um, water that goes through a typical shower in a house in a year than falls off a or goes across a roof in Seattle, Washington. Yeah. So yeah. that's the amount of water we're talking about. And it's, a shower is typically a water management system. We're not trying to contain the water. We're trying to manage it and make it go where we want it to. Okay. So we've got this open design for a... Uh, for a shower that I'm contemplating because I'm tired of busting my big toe getting out of the tub. Okay. You told me a very basic thing. How do we keep the water from flowing all over the bathroom? I assume, gentlemen, you thought of this, right? Absolutely. Because we're not, we're not building a wall to keep the water in. What are we doing? 
Well, basically creating uh, a shower where that tub was uh, yeah. in a tub situation like you have, we'd typically move the drain to the center of that area. Okay. And then we would slope that area from all four corners to that drain. Uh, and the advent of the waterproofing systems that we now have, the technology has come around uh, enough that allows us to waterproof sometimes the entire bathroom uh, to keep the water that escapes the shower and yeah. make it travel back to the drain. I've seen some of the pictures, again, on Lewis Adler's site where it looks like a separate room. Well, those are the ones I was describing that, that yeah. do have to actually are, are, are sized so, so that if right. you ever end up in a chair, yeah. you can actually get in there. Because if somebody's not, you, you imagine the, 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 the homes that have been constructed for the past 20 years. The, yeah. the styles are in the master, that five or six foot tub, and then yep. the three foot by three or four foot by four shower. Yeah. Well, what we're essentially doing is taking all of that space and creating one big shower. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in some of those cases, and in some of the pictures you see on our website, show those showers are, you know, six foot by seven foot, which, yeah. you know, when you have fold down seats, multiple shower heads, I mean, yeah. you know, you, yeah, you, you can have a party in there just about, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, okay. uh, but, the, but the goal is, is the way we view it. And I was talking with a customer before, and one of them was asking me, you know, that shower looks incredibly big. Yeah. I said, well, it does. I said, but what we're looking for for you is that lifetime relationship with you and your house and you may not need a chair to get in there today yep but someday you or somebody in your household or a family member visiting you may yeah then what happens if you reach a point in age that there needs to be a caregiver yeah but now you've got to have two people in that shower yeah because somebody's got to help and so we're trying to plan and think ahead for folks in those designs uh to do that and as now I was talking about on the renovation aspect of it, like for your particular bathroom, yeah, you know there is a little bit of a construction stuff that uh, aspect of it that would we would have to do or a company has to do. They've got to come in there and do some modifications on that floor to be able to allow the tile company to come in and get that slope, that that fall, if you will, sure. in the shower. But one thing he brought up, and I want now to spend a little more time talking about, is the waterproofing aspect, uh, the products and the things they have available because we're so convinced by what they do from a waterproofing aspect of the of the bathrooms. We are one of those companies. We have them waterproof the entire bathroom floor everywhere. If you basically took the door, cause, and they, yeah. go, they, they go on the floor and up the walls, and he can explain how that works. But essentially, you could take the doors on our bathrooms and do that little curb you have on the showers you're talking about yeah. and dam it up and yeah. turn your bathroom into a pool, and the water would just sit there if you clogged up the drain. Well, I'm not interested in doing that, but <laughs> but, it, but if you, but if yeah. but like Dow told somebody, he said it does keep your water from going through the ceiling down the next floor. Yeah, he said, but it would. But since clearly there aren't dams at the doors, what it does is it just runs that water on out <laughs> to your bedroom. <laughs> Again, you still have to pay attention to where the water is running, right. And Absolutely. whether the the thing's closed up. But I I like this idea. I like this idea. So, do you just do bathrooms, or you you you're doing kitchens as well for? For Lewis, yeah, we we do a, a myriad of areas. Uh, as a matter of fact, we just started a, an exterior deck for him uh, this week, so we'll, we'll put tile anywhere. You'll put tile on an exterior deck? Absolutely. What are you doing? What's it going to look like? Uh, it's, it's beautiful. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's durable, beautiful. Uh, the key to that is uh, allowing for the movement for the temperature swings outside, uh, but the waterproofing that Lewis was talking about as well. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right. We'll we'll talk more. We are talking with Lewis Sadler of Sadler Construction and Niall Wadford of Noose Tile Service Incorporated. We're talking about that ageless construction, that open design for your home. Any questions? Go ahead and call us up now. It's a good time to call. 919-860-9783. 919-860-9783. Making your home great on WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF, the uh, home construction news uh, brought to you by uh, Making Your Home Great on News Radio 680 WPTF. DR Horton raises revenue and home sales forecasts after a strong second quarter. Uh, remodeling activity strong in quarter one with mixed growth projections, according to the Association of Home Builders um, Remodeling Index. Uh, happy days are here again, gentlemen. And house prices are up and home sales are increasing nationally. Krista Scott has more. Existing home sales rose 4.4% in March to a seasonally adjusted annual rate of $5.71 million, according to the National Association of Realtors. This is the fastest pace in more than a decade. Single-family homes, townhomes, condominiums, and co-ops were 5.9%. The median existing home sales price in March was $236,400, up 6.8% from a year ago. Inventory is declining, according to the survey, and it has been on the deadline for 22 months. For Making Your Home Great, I'm Krista Scott. I'm Dave Alexander, News Radio 680 WPTF. There's a severe thunderstorm watch for Alamance, Edgecombe, Granville, Nash, Person, Vance, Caswell, Forsyth, Guilford, Northampton. Rockingham, Warren, Durham, Franklin, Halifax, Orange, Stokes, and Yadkin County. The uh, the um, uh, fear of uh, tornadic activity or a tornado is up into Virginia. We have a chance of rain showers and a severe thunderstorm watch in the area, uh, at least into Durham County, till 9 o'clock tonight uh, with temperatures dropping. And that's when you know the weather's going to change and the wind's going to pick up. Uh, stay with us. 86 right now, Real Feel 85, News Radio 680 WPTF. Lewis Sadler and uh, Niall Watford. Uh, Niall from New Style uh, Service Incorporated. And of course, Lewis from, uh, what is that company again? Uh, Sadler Construction. <laughs> <laughs> no, I knew. I, I knew that. So, what are we talking about? We're talking about the bathrooms. Um, talking about bathrooms, I can. Age in, that is, I, they're going to be great for me when I'm in my 30s and active. And then beyond that, I'm in my 60s and 70s. I want to stay in this home. Well, it's also bathrooms like you just described earlier. They're beautiful. Yeah. I mean, you know, look on our website, see some of the, all that work you see on there is work that News Tile's done. I'm sure they've got stuff they can show you as well. But the bathrooms are, to me, yeah, a lot more attractive with that curbless walk-in shower than a standard smaller shower, especially with, say, it's got the glass doors all around. You can't even appreciate or see the tile work. And, and yeah. I mean, that's art a lot of times in there to me. And we talked about off-air during during our commercial break about coefficiency rating and tile. Yeah, the coefficient of friction. Uh, yeah. You'll see it listed on tiles as COF. Um it's very important because it is the slipperiness, if that's a word, of, yeah. of tile or the anti-skid nature of tile. Uh, it has to be to a certain 
uh, point. Um, typically, it's been an ADA recommendation, American with Disabilities Act yeah. recommendation. Uh, the old measure was 0.5. They've changed them. The way they measure it now is it's called a DCOF, dynamic coefficient of friction. And that is 0.42. So you want to make sure you choose a tile for the floors that is at least 0.42 or higher. You do not want to place a wall tile on the floor. Now, it is okay, okay to place a floor tile on the wall, and we do that often. Yeah. But uh, that is a, a, a very important feature. So you don't want to go to a store that has someone uh, or doesn't have anyone that can help you with that, that information to give you the right tile in the right spot. And you're not a big fan of those big suction cuppy things that you put on the wall that are handles? Uh, I'm not really that big of a fan of them because it's <laughs> uh, well. The primary thing it's it is a it's a it's a temporary type of product. Yeah. And anytime you use something that is a temporary type of product, then it's clearly not designed and built to be sturdy and permanent. Yeah. And they may work a lot of the times. Sure. But there's going to be sometimes they don't work, and then. Once you experience that one time it doesn't work, then every time you grab it after that, there's yeah, yeah, no yeah. way you're going to have a confidence level that it's going to hold you when you, uh, you know, grab a hold of and try to put your body weight on it. So I, I, I normally yeah. stay away from. Them. And there also could be times when the texture of the tile itself, yeah, uh, will not allow the proper adhesion. So you need to be careful when you're attaching those. Is there a beautiful alternative? Is there a high scale, good looking alternative? Well, they make. Uh, uh, but what is termed grab bars? Yeah, they make those now that are very decorative. A lot of your your primary uh, plumbing fixture companies uh, make those that are the same designs that match the fixtures that go on the house, and they essentially look like a tile bar. Yeah, and you'll see them. You'll hang tiles on the bigger showers like we have. Yeah, people will hang tiles on them. You hang your washcloths on them, but they also meet the ADA requirements. Uh, one of the manufacturers even has one that is a slide bar for your shower head, where you can slide your shower head up and down. Yeah. That meets ADA requirements as well to be able to serve as a grab bar. So there's things that you can put in there that will keep you safe, but look like they're all part of the plumbing fixtures of your bathroom, which you typically would put in anyway. So you, you don't have to have your bathroom looking like, you know, a fast food chain bathroom with grab bars. In order for it to be safe. I, I got to admit. All right, 919-860-9783 is our telephone number. Call us to ask a question either of Lewis or of Niall. 919-860-9783. Um, what else? Well, I wanted to say on those grab bars, yeah. um, one of the most cutting-edge companies in the country is right here in North Carolina in Hickory. Yeah. Um, some friends of mine uh, started the company, saw a need, and uh, wanted to get away from the old commercial-looking grab bars. And there are some really neat products that do several of the things that Lewis mentioned. Uh, a lot of different finishes to match plumbing fixtures, mm -hmm. to match shower doors. Um, and these showers have now become design features of the house. They're, they're no longer just a functioning part that you have to have in the, in the house. They are actually design features. And putting the right materials in the right spot makes it a really attractive area. What's the name of the company? Uh, the name of the company is Tileware. W-A-R-E-T-I-L-E-W-A-R-E. Tileware. All right, we'll grab them. We'll get them. We'll get them on. Okay. They're in Hickory? In Hickory, yeah. That's, it's great that it's a local product. Yeah. Well, North Carolina, you know, through NC State, yeah. creating universal design, uh, you know, all the 
the concepts of that going into residential. I mean, North Carolina's got a strong history yeah. uh, for universal design, accessible housing, you know, that the, the whole uh, theory of what we are discussing here on the show. So that's, that's, that's pretty cool. Since Lewis mentions NC State, uh, we should mention, uh, Niall, about uh, Carolina. Uh, you've, you had a, uh, uh, you're responsible, really, for the success of the NCAA basketball team. Uh, we, we would love to take uh, credit for it, but uh, we were fortunate enough to be chosen to, to install a tile in the UNC basketball locker room renovation that was recently done last summer. And uh, Well, are you responsible for them being so clean? Uh, for them being clean, yes, yes. We'll take credit and, for and, that. And nobody slipped or fell down, so there was there injury. go! Injury safe. Oh, would that be proof? amazing? <laughs> that would be amazing. Of course, if there was a... There's a particular fellow who could have been in a basketball... Well, there's one guy in the NCAA who will trip you, but nobody tripped in the, in the showers either. Right. So that's yeah. Not right. that we've heard of. Not yeah. that we've heard of. All right. Excellent. I think I think uh, his sister said they were saving some of those towels, and we do a <laughs> we do a little little giveaway things every now and then for the council. She says, "Oh, we'll give some of those towels away. People can have some original old towel Did from the UNC." <laughs> I'm not sure that really holds a big. I don't right? think so. It's not like a basketball. That's yeah. for sure. Um, tell me about. Did you have to put in like powder blue? Oh yeah, there was there was definitely uh, one yeah. tile that they would not substitute. We substituted a lot of tiles based on availability. Yeah. Uh, but there was one particular tile they would not change, and it was the feature tile <laughs> on the, a lot of the walls in there behind the lounge and the in the dining area. Yeah. Uh, pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. I don't know about y'all, but I, well, obviously, two of y'all have impressed me. I'm. I just feel so smart, so much smarter today. I've I've What's learned that? I've learned two big words: slippiness. Is that was that right? Slipperiness, slipperiness, yeah. slipperiness. slipperiness. and and uh, tornadic. Was that the tornadic, word? Tornadic. Yes. Tornadic. Yeah, man, I, my vocabulary is really widened on the show. I, I hope for, everybody else's has. I've forgotten whether that's the verb or the noun. <laughs> I don't know. Tornadic. It's the adjective. Tornadic activity. Yes. Uh, which we're not going to get. We might get some severe thunderstorms. Hang with us. We'll let you know should there be a an actual thunderstorm uh, coming near you. Uh, but there is a possibility of some thunderstorms. AccuWeather forecast, yes, is coming up in, in just a few short moments. News Radio 680 WPTF. This is making your home great. Uh, Dave Alexander along with Niall Wadford of New Style Services Incorporated. And Lewis Sadler of Sadler Construction, News Radio 680, WPTF. News Radio 680, WPTF, AccuWeather forecast, severe thunderstorm watch for a stretch really east to west and north in North Carolina, uh, essentially the, the strip of counties, one and two counties away from the Virginia border. Alamance, Edgecombe, Granville, Nash, Person, Vance, Caswell, uh, Forsyth, Guilford, Northampton, Rockingham County, which I always say like the NASCAR guy, Rockingham County, Warren, Durham, Franklin, Halifax, Orange, Stokes, and Yadkin County. These are all looking at a severe thunderstorm watch. And we have a possibility of widely scattered thunderstorms throughout the uh, uh, throughout the region. Uh, AccuWeather forecast for uh, Wake County and Raleigh proper. Uh, does include the severe, uh, sorry, does include the uh, possibility of some thunderstorms and uh, high temperature in the 80s overnight low in the uh, 
60, uh, 50s, 54. And then tomorrow, it's rainy and it doesn't warm up much. High near 61. Right now, it's 86. News Radio 680 WPTF. Um, Lewis Sadler, along with Niall Watford, uh, Watford of Noose Tile Service Incorporated. Backsplashes. In the kitchen, I've got... I got a terrible thing. My wife, I won't, never mind. I'll just say there's somebody in my family. Somebody just called himself. Somebody, somebody in my family <laughs> has been placing wet towels behind the, wa- the water fixture in the kitchen. It's blown up. I know what now is what, what's inside that little cheap piece of trim. I know it's that, that board that blows up when it gets wet. All right. What should I put there? I actually have a beautiful backsplash. The guy, who, the guy who put in one area above that trim, he put in like a beautiful mosaic kind of tile. Um, what kind of materials are you finding that people are asking for? Before he gets started on the yeah. material, I'm going to tell you what you did wrong from What'd a construction do? standpoint. What did you do? The piece that you have sitting on top of the countertop yeah. needs to come off before you put the tile on. You don't set tile on top of it. You don't set tile on top. No, what they did, when I say on top of it, I mean up the wall. Right. I have a, a yeah, that's got to come down. You've got a countertop. Yeah, countertop. You've got a backsplash that's like the countertop. Yes, I do. That tile sitting on top of that. Yes. The piece, the piece that's sitting on top of the countertop needs to come off. Amen. Then the tile goes on and starts yeah. from the countertop because that seals it. So the tile, gosh, so the tile's supposed to go from the top of the countertop all the way up? You know, a couple inches anyway. Well, it should go up. Uh, typically, yeah. when we do a backsplash, we get to the bottom of the cabinets. Yeah. Now, with the advent of uh, the really fancy range hoods, uh, and a lot of times we're going to the ceiling uh, in those areas. Yeah. Uh, or encompassing windows over sinks, that kind of thing. Uh, and as always, I think you should tile everything in the house, but uh, <laughs> backsplashes especially. The, f- the uh, comments of Niall Watford of <laughs> Noose Tile Service Incorporated are not necessarily those of the host or management. <laughs> but if you want to tile your whole house, do it. We can certainly do it. And we, we do, uh, often we, we'll tile large areas of the house, <laughs> entire first floors. Yeah. Really? Yeah. These are people with kids and crayons. Mm-hmm. Kids, crayons. Uh, it's an incredibly durable, uh, easily cleanable surface. So it's, uh, and if it's installed correctly, it's there. It's a permanent fixture for the life of the structure. And it's gotten prettier. Much pretty. And, and more durable, yes? Incredibly durable. Most of the tile you see today is uh, porcelain tile. Yeah. Uh, much harder than the old ceramic. There is still some ceramic around, uh, but the majority of the tile that you see now is porcelain. Uh, really, really dense material. Really hard. You could put it actually on your driveway and drive cars over and it wouldn't damage it. Uh, and now, when it comes to, we're talking about the backsplashes and then back to even the showers from a decorative standpoint. Um Tell the listeners a little bit about, you know, what are some of the decorative features? You know, how do you break that tile up, things that you put in? And is this just something people dream up on their own? Or is this, you know, showroom locations that people need to go to to be able to see all these uh, uh, applications and options that they have? Yeah, a lot of different showroom uh, assistants, um, designers, um, not necessarily have to be in the showroom, but a lot of design ideas online uh, but we're incorporating materials all in the same backsplash we'll have tiles with metals fused to them um, yeah glass tiles stone 
uh, actual natural stone, all in the same backsplash. You can use any of those materials to make decorative accents. Uh, and a lot of things, uh, a lot of times people overlook the just the grout, which has to be in the, in the installation uh, anyway. Um, there's so many different colors now that you can actually pull other colors from the from the kitchen or even the bathroom into that installation through the grout uh, by incorporating another color in that. So there's a lot of, it's a truly design medium behind that 18 inches above the, above the kitchen counter. And on yeah. that grout too, I heard you when we did that uh, class last week, you were sharing about the difference in grout today versus in pass. Uh, share that so people understand that because a lot of people scare away from tile because they worry about the old days when they remember, you know, in the grout with a toothbrush all yep. the time. Yep. Yeah, Grout in the old days was typically comprised of mainly Portland cement um, that advanced to Portland cement with some latex additives. Uh, and now the grout is pretty much described as uh, the additives with uh, a sprinkling of Portland cement. Yeah. It's, it's almost changed that. That's uh, certainly layman's terms, but um, it, it has changed dramatically. The, most of the grouts now in the, what we call the high performance category are stain proof. They have uh, antimicrobials in the mm -hmm. in the grout. They're mold and mildew resistant. Uh, very easy to take care of, and you can step it up beyond that even to uh, epoxy and single component grout. So the, the grout category has widened tremendously just in the last ten years. I should not have to, or should I, have to go in there with some sort of caustic chemical. And clean them every three, four months. Actually, you should use a pH neutral cleaner on any tile installation. Okay. Uh, should be all it requires. The caustic material actually attacks the Portland cement, which is what is holding the joint together. So the more caustic the material, uh, the more damage you're doing to the grout joint and the more porous it makes it, which makes it easier to get dirty. So um, it's it's a... I tell everybody it's like a car. If you want it to look nice, you have to wash it every now and then. Okay. But washing it is much different than what you just described. You don't need to attack it with caustic chemicals and and uh, grinding wheels to, to get the dirt out of it. Uh, and, and should I have to bleach it? No. Uh, bleach is a very bad product for grout uh, really? in, in any, any uh, measure. Uh, but a pH neutral cleaner that's properly designed for that, it may require a little bit of agitation to remove some soap film. But uh, that should be all you have to do to a properly installed grout. And in the bathrooms, too, one of the things I like to uh, share with people that Niall and his company do for us from a safety standpoint. Yeah. You remember the in, in showers, there's always been the old days, there was that uh, big thing that almost looked like a grab bar, but it was made out of ceramic, I guess, that you put your soap in and a little thing, you put your wash rag on. It's kind of yeah. like as a tack to the side. Yeah. Then they went to the more decorative uh, uh, uh circular sex, uh, pieces that were that were flat and put in corners. Yes, well, all sir. those things, you know, they served a purpose at the time. But the problem there is if you were to slip and fall in your shower. Oh, yeah. There's a head catcher or something. Now they have those uh, niches that actually are recessed in the wall and the tile goes all around them. And it's really, really attractive. And from a safety standpoint, you don't get any better. I think we had that in our house, my house growing up. At Everybody house. did. And that thing's got to weigh a couple of pounds, and you know you can't break it with a skull. It's the skull that's going to break. Yeah, and a lot of times I remember the things popping off the wall sometimes where they'd fall off the wall, and you're trying yeah. to figure out. Of course, you know, 
some, dad, dad would say he could fix it, so he goes out and gets, you know, some Elmer's and tries to stick it back on the wall. And Yeah. Whole, <laughs> whole my soda. And watch me, watch me fix this. Well, gentlemen, thank you very much. We got the last couple of minutes. What do you suppose we should talk about in the last little bit here, uh, talking about tiles? Well, for me, I mean, I want to encourage folks when it comes to, as now said, tile is and can be a permanent fixture in the house. Yeah. Um, before you just have somebody come in and put tile in, you yeah. really do need to go to a company like his or do some research on some of the national organizations that he's a part of. Mm -hmm. And make sure you do your research on what product needs to be applied where. And then more importantly, what they supply for us, for our customers, yeah. how do you take care of it once it's in there? Because you don't spend a whole lot of money. And then you just think, well, I'll go get a gallon of bleach and pour some water in it and find out that yeah. you're actually destroying what you just paid a quality contractor yep. to come in and put a quality product in for you. And all of those things Lewis just mentioned, how to clean it, how to take care of it, even questions to ask your tile installer if it's not us, um, are yeah. on our website at newstile.com. Newstile.com. Those from out of the area, N-E-U-S-E, -E, noose like the river, Noose Tile Service Incorporated or NooseTile.com? That's correct. All right. And you want to see Lewis Sadler's uh, handiwork, we're going to go to uh, which Sadler website? Con SadlerConstructionNC.com. You can see all of our work, all the features on our homes that we've talked about. And you can also see some of Noose Tile's beautiful work in there as well in those bathrooms. And we've got one minute for Lewis to give us his one-minute definition of ageless construction. Well, I'm, I'm not going to give you as much of a definition as yeah. I'm just going to give everybody encouragement. Yeah. I want people to think about this. When you're buying a house or renovating a home, yeah. you're investing or spending money on the biggest investment of your life. Yeah. yeah. Try to think through how long you want to be there. How long do you desire to stay there? And how does that home affect your family gathering and other family members being able to come and participate with you? Yeah. Just think about that when you go in to start to design that, whether it's us or somebody else. I, I encourage people to try to think through that process and design it and do it as such that they can stay in it forever. And if you think you're never going to break a foot, you <laughs> ask, <never>, Dave. <laughs> ask Dave, because I'll tell you, we'll straighten you out on that one. All right. Making your home great. Myself and Tim Ferruzzi back next week. Thank you to Lewis Sadler and Niall Watford of Noose Tile Service Incorporated. Of course, Lewis from Sadler Construction. Thanks for having us on. All right. Take care, John. Good to be here. All right. Be back next week with Making Your Home Great. News Radio 680 WPTF.